are recording. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. I am not Jace. I am not Brett. Excellent. We are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we usually play some games and talk about how badly we played them. But this is kind of a special episode. This is episode 11, and we are going to be talking about the results of the TCG Hobby Challenge. This is pumped. I've been hanging out watching this happen the whole time, just kind of a nervous about this episode because we actually have to commit to doing something, choosing choosing some. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm usually okay with judging, but this one's got me a little bit. A little bit more more nervous than usual. <laughs> the there the quality of stuff that that guys have been posting has been off the charts. Really, like we can't thank you guys enough for getting involved in this, um, and the effort that you you guys have gone to is really showing through. So thank you. But before we get into that. Let's, Before we get into the juicy stuff, yeah. let's, let's let's just procrastinate. Well, uh, realistically, let's. It's a moment of self-reflection, right? It's it's time for us to talk about the really the important thing and why we started this pod, hobby podcast because we get to talk about us. Um, and if we're not here to listen to that, what are we here to listen to, really? Well, that's it. Yeah, this is all about us. So let's talk about us for a minute. What did you get up to this past fortnight? I think it's been. I think it's been about about that much. What the fuck have I been up to? Um, that is a million dollar question. Well, obviously, yeah. No, I did finish sort of my um my own hobby pledge for yeah. the the podcast. So the the last one I had to do was the uh, centaur from the Wild Hunt, the Shades by Warband. Mm-hmm. So effectively now I've done everything that I said I would do, except none of them have bases, but I'm not sure if that counts. Yeah, um, complete fail. You're out. No, I, I, you know, to be fair, I accept that. I I fully intended to, to spend a couple of nights just putting bases together on everything and it just did not happen. And since I'm not in the running for it anyway, meh. <laughs> I even did a base for the one that didn't need a base. Yeah, but that's I've, just me. Oh, look, and even like the um, the Wild Hunt, the the Central, like all the Shades by Crews, their bases are moulded, they're pre-done. Like there's actually no, just paint them like you would paint the model. But because I felt a sense of completeness um, in that none of my things, none of my models that I pledged had bases. So just doing one seemed like it, it ruined the natural order of things. <laughs> um, so so that was effectively the last one um, for that hobby pledge. So that meant I had all of the stuff I said I would do, which is vaguely staring at me still here. Um, so what have we got? No, I've moved it all. Um that's right. I figure. I figure maybe before we go into the entries, we'll go through ours in a little bit of detail too. Oh, good. So. I'll remember between now and then. Excellent. Um, and then in other hobby-related news, my other real hobby time has been primarily assembling, um, and primarily assembling Infinity stuff. Um, so I kind of got a little bit carried away and bought a bunch of uh, Infinity stuff when I decided I wanted to paint some. Um. And that has not at 
all been helped by the fact that Throw the Dice has started stocking a lot of stuff pretty regularly. So every time I go in there, he has something new and shiny and I decide I want it. Um, it's the bad for my wallet when I go in there. It's not good. Like, it's good, but it's not good. Um, the... The, the challenge I found, and, and this is something that I've forgotten clearly over the years, is how much I dislike assembling metal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and in the defense of the, the Infinity models, they are really, like the detail is crisp. The the casts are, need hardly any cleanup. Um, they, it, it, everything is logical. Everything fits together well. But what? This is invariably what I've become used to, right? Is stuff like the plastic shades by stuff, Malifaux stuff, all plastic. Um, and with with plastic stuff, you put some plastic cement on there, um, you smash it together, and you keep assembling because the thing's basically stuck together. Mm-hmm. Um, even doing resin stuff because it's so light, you throw some super glue on there, you smash it together, it's basically stuck. You keep going, and what that means is you're assembling you know, the whole box worth of stuff in one sitting because you don't have to wait. Metal is not that forgiving. Um, and it has forced me to be more patient than I would ever choose to be. <laughs> you're you're not generally the most patient of people at the best of times. So, uh, well, I mean, I've got one big big stompy robot guy and I'm trying to stick bits on him and because metal is heavy and super glue doesn't set instantly um what it has resulted in me doing apart from sticking my fingers together a lot was using copious amounts of blue tack to glue something and then blue tack it into place so it can't possibly move Mm -hmm. so I can keep assembling and don't have to wait um which works most of the time you know, seventy percent of the time it works all the time. Um, or in the other half of that is I have models precariously balanced all over my hobby desk, you know, against <laughs> bits of paint pots and and whatnot in various positions, trying to hold them into position so I don't have to sit there and actually hold them together. Um, so there's a lot of Silver Infinity. Um, most of them are now glued to. Uh, just the the blank bases that they come with in the box so I can paint them and I've printed off a bunch of other bases that I'll eventually paint separately and stick them on. That's been fun. Um, Trying to think of what else I've been up to that's actually been vaguely productive. I I printed some stuff. Um, I'm not sure if that counts. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, So you just, you know, fired up the 3D printer. It's good. I don't know. And I'm finding I have a similar thing with the 3D printing, right, that I do with my um, just general hobby in that I need to have a project or a a thing locked that this is the next thing I'm doing. And it becomes all-encompassing, and that is what I do. So what's happening right now is my 3D printer is sitting off because I don't know what I want to print next. Mm Mm-hmm. And until it's not like I can just keep printing stuff to fill the void because that would be actually productive. Um, so it sits You've there. You don't know what the void is, don't you? Well, I have like thousands of files that I could just print something, just pick something and print it. But no, I need to make a decision, and that decision needs to be very definite. And until then, it will sit off. Um, 
so look, the good part of this was, is I had a very specific project and I got to, you know, direction and it went, right. Here's a whole bunch of stuff I can print. And it just ran, like, in it literally, it ran hot for, you know, a couple of weeks and got a bunch of stuff done and profit. And now I don't know what I'm going to print. It's off. So we'll see. Um, in other news, I finished season two of The Boys finally. Excellent. What did That's you think? Happened. I am really appreciating how open season three will be. Yes. I There is so much to unpack out of that, and I love it. Um, what did you think of Love Sausage? I'm disappointed that that was the extent of Love Sausage. And that there wasn't more love sausage to go around. Well, I think I think love sausage is still around. Hopefully, we could see some more love sausage in yeah, season is. three. I just love saying that name. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and the more I sort of you know uncover stuff that was in the comics and things like that, the more I want to see. Um, so you know, there is a world of stuff for them to uncover. Um, and, and kind of explore in the in the next few seasons. Hopefully, there's some more. But um, I'm I'm pretty pumped for that. <laughs> um, again, the next problem is is now I finished that. What I can't watch anything because I don't know what to watch. Um, so yeah, that was that was good fun, and actually managed to snag me a couple of games of things. Um, so I got into throw the dice. Um, Twice over the last couple of weeks, at least twice, if not thrice, maybe thrice, um, because I got in a game of Malifaux, which I hadn't played forever, and that was clearly evident in what had ensued. <laughs> um, and look, the good thing is, is everybody there is pretty new to either the dish, the edition, or the game, so everybody's kind of stumbling in the dark together. Um, but it's just great to see cards getting flipped and models hit table and all those things. I'm watching everyone sort of, you know, paint up new crews and get excited about the the background and the lore and and that stuff that, that Malifaux does really, really well. There's been a lot of talk in that, that little Malifaux group chat that's going on and it just sort of appeared out of nowhere for me. All of a sudden it was like, here we go, we're playing Thursdays. And I was like, oh. I can't go on a Thursday. <laughs> and it literally out of the blue because, th- and I think realistically what had happened is Richard had kind of lined a bunch of guys up pre-lockdown and they've been sitting there kind of, you know, hot in the undies until they were allowed to play again. And that's just been lifted, you know, not that long ago. So they've been hammering out weekly games. Mm-hmm. So look, try and make an effort to get in there when I can whenever that is, um, and, you know, try and pick up some other game, ad hoc games when I can, but I can only spend so much time in that shop <laughs> of a week, in a week. So got that in, and I've also managed a couple of games of Warcry in there or a couple of Warcry sessions in there that we've been doing on a Friday night mm-hmm. as well. And oh, the game is just – it's just so easy, like – it's it's got the depth. It's got the the, the tactical. It's got, but it's just streamlined. It's easy to pick up. It's easy for new players to to be functional um, after a game, and because they're quick games, you can bang out a couple in a night, and you feel like you you've actually achieved something. I'm not sure if achieved is the right word, but yeah, achieved. Um, 
It's good. So, fun. like, I've been there twice in the last two weeks as well, and there's just something about Warcry which I never expected to happen. I didn't expect to get that this excited about it. Uh, it's just, as you say, it's quick, it's simple, it's over in you know half an hour or so, and then you're you're good to go again. Um, I don't know if I should say this. I think I've I've played five games of Warcry now. And the first one was against you for, what was it, episode two or three? Three, I think. One of those episodes, yeah. Um, and we drew that game. And then I've actually won every game since. So that can't last. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's it's been great. And, like, I'm – oh, no, I think, I think I'm sitting about even – um, on, on the whole win loss draw, um, the the last game I had against um, Jared on Friday was an absolute. Literally, the game come down to one guy surviving on one wound remaining. Um, that that managed to to eke out the win there. So, <laughs> was that the one where you had to hold on to the treasure, or yeah, yeah. They had had to pick up the treasure, and basically, if my guys were holding all of the treasure at the end of the game, I win. And if they weren't, he won. And obviously, when they die, they drop the treasure. So the easiest way to make them drop treasure is to kill them. Yep. Um, but yeah, literally, one guy remaining holding uh, holding a bit of treasure on one wound um, <laughs> meant that I managed to to sneak that one in. And it was just you know us trying to pile everything. Uh, you know, we pull everything out of that that last turn to try and work out how we can possibly swing it. It's glorious. Um, My last game on Friday was against Dylan, and I was playing his Night Haunt, and that was an interesting game because the win condition we got was basically whoever took out the leader first won. And on round four, if your leader was within four inches of a table edge, then he was considered gone. Yep. at the end of the turn. So we got to turn four. Both our leaders are like two inches away from this one table edge, just battling it out. I had him down to about half. He had me down to about half. And then all of a sudden we're like, crap. So he he got to go first. He legged it away. I just chased after him and, and managed to kill him. But he had this huge ghost thing that, that I managed to slowly kill off, I think, the round or two before. And then he just brought the damn thing back on me. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, the, the spirit yeah. hosts are... Because they're 20-something wounds or something stupid. Yeah, it's like they do, they do a shit, um, does a shit ton of damage. Um, and, yeah, you, you finally get this bastard back and then he suddenly reappears. Mm-hmm. What the shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was so, really close. It was, I think, my big beefy ogre guy took him down at the end, but it was one of those games that could have gone either way very easily. Yeah, love it. Um, and as I was kind of nudging on Friday, I reckon if we just threw in the campaign stuff, it doesn't actually add a lot of weight to the game, but it just adds a, a little bit of the excitement in that you know, keeps people wanting to play. So that might have to be the next thing. Excellent. Um, beyond that, now there's some hobby, there's some watching, there's some painting, there's some stuff. 
I think that's been me. That's pretty pretty good. Pretty fair effort for two weeks. I may have got the Goblin Blood Bowl team. The Goblins? Accident. Yeah, it was an accident. It didn't quite happen. It was one of those that someone someone was buying stuff and whoever they were buying stuff off said, oh, I've also got these. I'm happy to throw them in. It was dirt cheap. I can't even remember what I paid for them. But it was dirt cheap. And someone threw a message on a group saying, oh, I've got an option to buy these dirt cheap. I'm like, well, I can't say no for that price. <laughs> um, so just send them to me. And he did. Excellent. Um, so now I have goblins. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with them, but I couldn't say no for the price. No. Is basically where that landed. And they're pretty guys. I like the goblins. They yeah. they go well with your snotlings. It came with a troll. It, oh, really? It, yeah. I really love that troll, but I'll find something to do with him. Anyway. <laughs> well, for myself, I've actually managed to pump through a little bit in the last two weeks. So um, I've been doing a little bit of catch up on TV. So I've had, I've got about half a dozen shows that I'm currently in the middle of and had stopped or ran out of time, just things you know, got in the way of sticking a TV show on. So I managed to catch up on four shows None of them are very good, but I managed to catch up on them. So uh, that was uh, The Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman, and Walking Dead. So I'm now up to date with all of those and ready to start watching the next shitty season. Um, They are literally all shows that I have either chosen to stop watching or chosen to not watch. I don't know why I keep going. Like, Batwoman's one season, and it is by far the worst of the bunch. Like, there's just I, – I don't know what it is. I, I was so intrigued by the character when they introduced her in, like, the crossover with Arrow and Supergirl and all the rest of it. And when she had her own show, it was like, I'm just bored out of my brain. And that was the one that I was most excited about too. Yeah. Like, I was super curious to see how that all played out. But from all the reviews, it's just been like, oh, do I really want to waste the time? And Walking Dead, um, we're halfway through season 10 and... Fuck, does that have 10 seasons? I don't know. Like, I think the last good one was like three. (laughs) I don't know why I keep going. Negan's probably the only reason. Negan's just too much fun, but it's not really worth watching the show for one person, is it? It is Neighbours with Zombies. Yeah, very much. That so. is my that is my summary. And look, my whole my whole issue around the fact of like we're in here, the zombies are out there. Don't go. Oh, you went out there. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're gonna have to deal with this. But otherwise, it's just neighbors where you you can't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been watching Mandalorian, which you say you need something to watch. Why not Mando? Well, look, I said why not Mando. And the way this plays out is the only time I watch TV is right before bed and the other person in the room is my wife, um, who also has a – what it turns out is a majority vote on yeah. what we watch. Well, um, she is currently two people. Yes. <laughs> no. But either way, it, it, regardless, like this would not have mattered timing at all, but – uh, it turns out that we're not watching Mandalorian, and so by default, I'm not watching Mandalorian, and I'm not sure how to get around that. Persistence. Uh, 
So all those other shows that I've been watching, I've been watching by myself because there's no way my wife would watch them. Um, but Mandalorian, I just kept at her. I just like, every time she said, what shall we watch? I said, Mandalorian. And she goes, you know, I hate Star Wars. I know, but I know it's, it's Mandalorian. It's not Star Wars. It's Mandalorian. And I just kept at it for like three or four weeks. And eventually she's like, okay, let's give this a go. And as soon as baby Yoda came on or Yoju, as they are calling him, Yoda Jr., she was hooked. So we, you know, the season two, episode two came out on Friday. They're doing it one a week, which is frustrating because each week I have to wait another week for the next installment. But that is no longer the world that we live in. That one a week business. I'm like, what is this? The boys did it too. It was very frustrating. I just want to watch it all. Just want to binge it. But anyway, so that's been my TV watching. Uh, it should be your TV watching too. Just going to leave that out there. I will. I will continue to nag, and we'll just see where they get. Don't to. nag. Just anytime she says, "What shall we watch?" Go Mandalorian. Just make it a joke. Eventually, you know, this is how I got married in the first place. You just keep wearing them down. Yeah, but I feel like I did that subtly so she didn't know over time. Like, I don't know that just continually bringing it up will <laughs> will have the same effect. Like, it was it was like, you know, six, five or six years of me just slowly wearing down her, you know, ego and, and self-worth to a point where she thought that this was a foreseeable future. Um, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Just, you know, as soon as Yoju comes on, look, you know, especially being pregnant, like the clucky factor has got to be there. So you can do it. Come on. Anyway, what else have I done? Um, I got kind of hooked on an Xbox game, which I don't know if I should have got hooked on or not, but that was called Superland. It was like this toy type game that was part of the Game Pass. And... It was kind of fun. I ended up finishing that the other day, so it's another win. Uh, but hobby-wise, I have actually done a bit. So the Warcry Claw Lord that uh, I did for the hobby comp, I made up a card for him. I, I'm considering that hobby. So I found a website where I could make a card for him because he's an ally that comes in a book but doesn't actually have his own card as far as I can work out. He definitely didn't come with the Skaven cards that I've got. So I felt like that was kind of cool. I managed to pop a picture on and, and pump in all the, um, the stats for him and then print that out. So, And he's been really good. I've been really enjoying playing him in the last couple of games. So He's done, he's done reasonably well for you too. Yeah, like, I think just so. Done. Like he's the one guy on my team which is like, toughness three so he's a bit squishier than the others but he's got five attacks i think which is a lot more than anybody else so sort of balances out uh but he's a bit of fun it's also interesting to see how he sort of fills a lot of those weaknesses because you've got a relatively tanky team that does you know low attacks but high damage yeah um or just stupid abilities that just remove everyone's models. Um, <laughs> but it's just that, yeah, that 
damage output, just volume of attacks is the one thing that's missing. He's that little bit faster, a little bit squishier, but high yeah. volume. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting seeing how that fills the the gap in the team and you start going, oh, what can I find to do something that fills all the holds in my team? Which is ironic because that's not my thought process in doing him. My thought process was he can ally with my team, he's Skaven, that's it, done. Yes. Anyway. It, you know, it just fell into place. It did. The stars aligned and the Skaven was mine. Uh, I finished off the, the pump wagon for our little comp two, and I managed to do that when we finished on the 31st, which was the Saturday for the comp. So I managed to finally do the last couple of bits for him on the 30th because the 31st was my son's birthday. And then, you know, stupid timing, my daughter's birthday was three days later. So I had a lot of family stuff to get organized as well, but happy I managed to get that pump wagon done and stick it on a base, which was good. Show off. Yeah. Putting things on bases. Uh, look, yeah, it didn't even need a base and it's got a nice base now. It's got grass tufts on it. It's got mud. It's got a black rim. It's Look, at least, at least <laughs> you painted the rim. At least you painted the rim the right colour. I didn't have any goblin green left. <laughs> I've had this discussion again in the last week, but anyway. Um, can we take a moment to discuss wood? Uh, specifically in relation to the pump wagon, but, you know, yeah. whatever. however that tangentially goes. Yeah. The pump wagon has a bit of wood? Is that the comment well, you're wanting? It, it does, um, but it was more just how you found painting at all. It was really interesting. Like, I was not sure... Because there were two pump wagons, and I I started off on one, and I saw a picture on a on a Facebook group with somebody who'd just done like a heavy Agrax uh, wash over white, and it looked really good, and so I did that, and it didn't look good. I was <laughs> like. <yeah>. Photoshop. <laughs> that is a great looking barbecue. Why doesn't mine look anything like that? <laughs> Uh, so I decided to go over the top of that with a wildwood contrast paint, which just made the whole thing look really dark and still not good. So I thought you, I think it was you that gave us a picture a while ago of somebody who'd painted a shield and painted it every color under the sun, just lots of lines of different colors and then a brown wash over the top. and. The look was incredible. And so I thought I'd try and, and replicate that. So I did lots of not so thin lines, but I did lots of different colors. So colors of, you know, there was pink, purple, yellow, orange, green, all these different little colors on the top of it. And I thought I'd, I'd test that out first. And I tried the Agrax over the top and that didn't quite make it look right. So I went for a sort of a lightery brown contrast, which was uh, the Gore Grunter fur. And after putting that on, it just it seemed to look perfect. The, the especially the bits where I'd done like little bits of yellow and little bits of orange really started to stand out, and made it kind of look like wood, which was surprising. What is this sorcery? Um, <laughs> And look, it's interesting because I think the the example of the one I sent 
the brown over the top, I'm pretty sure was an ink, but I think this goes to show how similar contrast paints are to inks in that they're fundamentally like uh, see-through. They're transparent, right? Mm-hmm. You put you put enough ink pigment in there, you, you struggle to see through them. But it means that you can throw them over things and just provide like a filter. Um, so all of a sudden, all those different colors that you throw in just create a little bit of variation and, you know, difference. It It's all brown. It all looks the same because you've got this kind of, you know, this consistent overlay or this consistent filter sitting on top of them all, but it just creates this little bit of variation and difference. And yeah, it came out a treat. So it was taking um, advantage too of what I found to be the, the worst thing about contrast paints, when it, especially when I first tried them out, which was that you couldn't paint over them. So even if you did like a, a yellow contrast and then, you know, on your next bit you did like a green contrast but accidentally got a bit over the side and onto the yellow area or vice versa, like those colours would show through. You Like you weren't covering up any contrast. You were just sort of getting yeah. yeah um and the the wood effect by doing it this way kind of takes advantage of that and turns it into something good yeah and i think i mean i haven't seen it used enough contrasts that is in this way but i think you know when you start to use them like that kind of filter or a glaze or something over the top of other stuff they'll really start to shine um yeah, they, they, they've got some, some real potential there that I think, you know, people are starting to uncover and do things with, but it's it's interesting. It's it's fun times that working people, you know, it's just seeing people discover things. And I think, you know, for me, the, the light bulb moment was going, they're basically an ink that has a slightly different funky medium, um, but they work in a very similar way. So you can do things that you would do with inks with them and vice versa, um, but they've also got this added benefit of you can just slap them on a surface and they kind of give you this pre-shaded, slightly random, interesting base coat to work from. Absolutely. And I've been using them a bit recently. So I went on from the the pump work and and did, had this little barrel model, which I wanted to use for a Bloodweiser keg for Blood Bowl. And I just did that in exactly the same way and, and pretty much the same sort of effect as well. So... I uh, got that done, and then after that, I thought, well, I've got this little Skaven crew here, which I've been sitting on my desk for a little while. Uh, so I thought I'd try and paint them up quickly, and I started those on Wednesday. And I thought to myself, you know, why not? Let's just go contrast, mainly contrast, see what happens. And I finished six of them. And the seventh is just waiting. He's sitting here next to me waiting on the texture to dry on his base before I just, you know, add some grass and and color the rim and then he's done. So I've smashed through them. And like I said, they're mostly contrast. It's just, you know, highlights, but not even real highlights necessarily on the contrast, just, you know, bits and pieces. Like the the gray sear I did with... Uh, so I did a grey sear base coat and then I tried the white um, contrast paint and that kind of worked but kind of didn't. So I did a light, like a, a watered down 
null oil over the top of that and then highlighted that with some some you know one of the the really white grays and then another white on top of that and he just he looks really pretty i like him yeah he came out an absolute treat and then um you know you put the is it like the green robe situation Mm. Um, which just makes it look, and it also makes him stand out like as if the model didn't need it himself because he already stands out pretty big from the crew. But, um, yeah, it just, it, it really sort of makes him jump out and it ties in really well with the, the really sort of natural gray colors that you've got all his fur and everything. And then there's this massive bright pop of green, which I love. I was just like, yeah, I wanted to do him green because I mean, I've, I've done sort of green bases for most of them. So I've been doing, like two different shades of green on the base and then covering that with the black crackle, um, which looks really good, look kind of like they're standing on some sort of warp stone or something. But I wanted his robes to match the 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 base kind of. And then the rest of them I've been doing with a little bit of purple to tie the crew together and then bits of black and, and other colours. So... They're getting there. They're getting there. So, yeah, just a couple more minutes and and this guy will be done and that's the crew done. So So that's about seven models. I about to say, you started, what, Wednesday? Yeah. It's now Sunday. And I've been working all day today. So And I worked all day Friday. So, and I worked all day Thursday. And it's not like you don't have, you know, children to look after at some stage as well. So, it's, it's... does speak to getting stuff done <laughs> when they work, and when sometimes when I've used contrast, it just for whatever reason I haven't got it right. But with these guys, it just all seemed to fall into place. Um, but apart from that, I've also started finally finishing assembling a certain Blood Bowl team. So I finally got the pieces that I wanted for them, or for most of them anyway. So. It's it's still a work in progress, but I now have five models fully assembled and probably another five that I can fully assemble before I need to look for more bits. This is glorious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are more bits in your house somewhere. Oh, there's lots of bits in my house. I'm thinking yeah. about dumping a whole heap and throw the dice next time I go. <laughs> that bitch, bits exchange situation is, is a little bit dangerous. Yeah. Um, Anywho. Yeah. So, before, like I said, before we start talking about the entries, because I want to do a little bit of a dive into each of the the entries that that were finished off, um, shall we go into our models for a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So... Our models, what I'm doing, because I'm that kind of guy, is bringing up a list of whatever the hell I said I would pledge. Um, you even have a photo of all of them together. Oh, I should just bring that up. That'd you should. Easy. Where the hell is that? All right. SMRT. I am so smart. Man, you've done this before. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Oh, there it is. I found it. Stop looking. <laughs> Alrighty, so we kicked. All right, let's, let's go through mine. And there's what six of them there, so this won't take too long. Um, and as I said, everything is done sans bases, but oh well. 
So one I first I kicked off on was the Blood Bowl Minotaur. Mm-hmm. So, and that was literally the only model I had left to go for my Chaos Dwarf team. That's a lie. There's a whole bunch of Hobgoblins that I built and I will probably never paint or put on the table. Um, unless I really need some extra players or lots of models get killed in a league. But I'm also probably unlikely to play Chaos Dwarves again. So... I think he's the last model for the team. Um, so, because you can use in a lot of teams now. So, well, a few. Oh, yeah. But I would definitely need to paint a different one for every team. <laughs> no cutting corners like I do sometimes. That is that is exactly how it needs to be. Um, so, look, he was the sort of one of the few Blood Bowl models I had that was fully unpainted and ready to rock and it kind of, you know, gave me a sense of completionism a little bit. Um, but he was he was actually pretty relatively quick and painless, um, which was joyful um, and gave me a chance to just add some extra colors in, like, you know, give him a little pink nose and, and whatnot and play with some of that and reasonably unexciting i think he's pretty stock standard in that the you know there's a lot of skin there's a lot of bone there's a lot of armor they're all pretty much the same colors so it's really only i've got kind of like a jady green as the team color mm-hmm. um, and he's got that on his loincloth and the rest is pretty much you know a la natural so you definitely smashed him out really quickly though yeah that was when i was super motivated and everything was new and shiny and um, and then what happened was look, probably the next model is, is what really happened. Cause the next one was the mind stealer, Spherianx, the, mm. the llama cat from Warcry. And I spent a lot of time on that model and that's where most of my, my sort of hobby bledge time went. But you can and definitely I, tell like that model, what you've achieved with that is just incredible. I really enjoyed it. It was great fun to paint. Like it was one of those that I thought a lot of times models kind of, you get to that stage where you're just like, I want it to be done. I just, I don't care. I just want it to be finished now. Um, This is one that I could have kept going back and just adding to and stuff, but also we had a challenge going and I needed to get stuff finished. So that's kind of what, what sort of, you know, put a nail in the coffin for calling him done. Um, Probably big call-outs for that was moving back to, I did the whole lot with the Scale 75 artist tubes. Mm-hmm. So going back to those paints, I remember why I like them so much. Um, but I have, And I don't know why I've got this thing, but I tend to only pull those or the Chimera paints out when I'm painting something that's kind of a one-off display kind of piece rather than a warband or a crew or an army or something. I have no idea why. It makes no sense, but that seems to be the logic that fills my head. Makes sense. So, um, just just really good fun playing with, like, um, trying to do non-metallic metals, but in a color that doesn't make sense. So, bright orange in this instance. Um, so, all his armor and stuff was in this kind of bright orange, non-metallic metal finish. Um, and the other thing that was disgustingly super fun to do was the fur texture Mm -hmm. so there's actually not a lot of fur sculpted on the model at all um but it 
still kind of looks furry. Um, and that annoyed me because it's, it's not like you could just throw a wash or a dry brush or, you know, some highlights or something and just bring out the, the texture that was already modeled in him. So what that involved me doing, and this was another one that I saw on one of the Patreons I'm currently subscribed to, was painting the fur onto the, the bits that didn't have sculpted fur. And I thought that would be A, terrifying and B, tedious as fuck. And it turned out to be kind of almost, you know, that was my Zen time. Once I, once I got into the groove, you could just kind of sit there and just paint itty bitty lines all over a thing. And it didn't really matter if you fuck one up because it's one line in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one piece of fur. So it was, it was actually kind of fun. Um, but that's basically where all of my hobby challenge time went. Um, and about that point in time, I realized I better actually get my shit together and paint some stuff. That was the model for me. For Of all the models that you did, that's like by far my favorite. It just, oh, absolutely, it, yeah. I mean, you, you can tell the, the love and care and, and time that you've put into it. It's just an incredible looking model and makes me want to throw out all my paints. Um. So in the interest of trying to get shit done after that, um, what did we move on to? I think the next one was the, it was probably Flaming Wheel version 1.0. Um, so this is the Wanyando, which is basically a head inside a Flaming Wheel um, from Malifaux. Um, and that was, look, I thought that was going to be relatively easy to do, um, but it was one of those models I just kind of wasn't happy with anything when I got him sort of done. So, you know, the flames were that standard yellow through to a reddy black. Um, the wheel itself doesn't have a lot of texture on it. So you had to kind of try and create some of that yourself. Um, the face was good though. The face is it's sculpted really well. It's got plenty of character and it kind of, it paints up really well. And so I did that and it sat there and then I was in the middle of painting something else or waiting for something to dry and then went back and redid all of the flames and then some of the wood and some other stuff. So now the flames are all bright orange. Um, and look, they could probably do with some darker tips, but I don't care anymore. Um, so uh, we'll see how I get to that when I do bases because I may, I may touch him up if I slap him on a base. Um. Next one for me was the Mobile Brigada, the Infinity model. And this kind of was my chance to test my Infinity paint scheme that I had kind of in my head uh, for the stuff I've got here and try some new stuff. So I also bought some chipping medium that I hadn't used for ages um, and some oil paints as well. So there were some lessons learned there and I spent probably way too long to get a chipping effect. I'm not a hundred percent happy with, um, the oils were fun to play with just, throw, and this was really simple. This was a couple of washes and some, some fun, but that was good. Um, and due to my love of fluorescent paints, this also has a, an appropriate amount, shall I say, of fluorescent pink and orange. Um, so, Kind of where I'm going with the paint scheme for that is anything armor is going to be white, but I want it to be a little bit weathered and chipped and, and actually used a little bit. So that's kind of where we're playing with that. Um, any of the cloth 
um, finishes or kind of those body suits because they're all, you know, super futuristic. So everyone's wearing body stocking because that's what we do in the future. Um, I'm doing in kind of almost a synth wavy style purple, pink, blue scheme. Mm-hmm. And then anything that glows is fluorescent orange because that also seems to make sense if you're trying to be stealthy in the future. Um <laughs> So, look, it got done, spent some time trying some new stuff out. There's some tricks that will go into the arsenal moving forward and I'm going to have a bit more of a play with some oils, but it was a good chance to, to do that. And then um, some stuff that we realised probably doesn't work at that scale. I'm looking at you, chipping medium. Um, and then I realised I better get some shit done because we were creeping rapidly up to the end of the month. So, Warmaster... We did a little Carnosaur, and we haven't played Warmaster yet, but, you know, we might get to it one day. But I had a bunch of those models sitting around, um, and they're kind of teeny tiny lizard men. And this is a teeny tiny lizard man riding a slightly bigger teeny tiny dinosaur. Um, and this was kind of a chance to try spraying inks through an airbrush um, and playing with some contrast paint. So I grabbed the contrast, the shish purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started using that for a bunch of the shading on him um, and then airbrushing the, the yellow as a base coat um, and turns out airbrushing inks is amazing. Those things are smooth as hell um, and as long as you pay attention to what you're doing, it turns out really well. But it was interesting doing something that was a tiny scale detail-wise but a bigger model um, and honestly, I'm looking at him thinking that he does need a base to, to look finished because at the moment there's a lot of yellow, um, even though I gave him pink stripes. Um, <laughs> there's yeah, got to be some pink. Yeah. Um, and then the last one was the Centaur from the Shades by Wild Hunt, which I think I was still deciding what I was going to paint when I was assembling those. Um, and that was kind of a... Uh, shit, we better get some stuff done. So he was only a couple of nights work um, in the end. But again, just I'm enjoying playing with um, non-metallic metal effects on with colours that don't look like traditional metals. They're not silvers or gold or anything. So this is a lot of green, um, uh, sort of a lot of non-metallic green. Um, again, just some... The other thing I really tried on this guy... Um, was kind of sketching uh, all the highlights in. So the way I did this is after I did a, a really basic base coat on him, I got like a really light white or a bone color or an off-white or fucking something. And I just really roughly sketched where all the highlights went. Um, so that was even on the, the horse's flanks, those kind of rounded bits just kind of colored in where the, the highlights would be. Um, and then I threw a bunch of sort of, you know, glazes or light colors over the top of that and washes and whatnot. Um, and eventually it just tones down the highlights so they don't look like you've just painted on a white line in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was just a really interesting way to paint because you're not trying to be super careful. You're just kind of smashing a color on where the light would hit and then you start to refine it and, and that's great, but you kind of have this really easy point where you can stop at any time and the model's finished because he's got highlights, he's got shade and stuff and it's just how smooth you want those transitions to be. So it's kind of one of those things I want to have a bit more of a play with because I think there's a lot of potential for getting 
good results in a really like quick way because you're not worried about staying inside the lines and painting it perfect first go. You kind of just put paint on the right spot and then you fix it later and then you stop fixing whenever you're happy. Yep. So fun. And he turned out really well too. Like that that green really catches the eye. So, and he has the uh, obligatory fluorescent orange eyes. Um, turns out I've discovered in this that I use fluorescent paints like a lot. I didn't realize this beforehand, but that's a thing. I I didn't know, but everything pretty much has a fluorescent paint on it somewhere, except maybe the Minotaur. But that was me. No, that's that's a fair effort. Like the stuff that you've done is incredible. Uh, I only did four models. That was my pledge. Um, the first one that I did was the Miss Airy Teddy for Malifaux. I did her bright pink with a like a light blue for the patches and the nose, and it gave her sort of like a, a bit of a cell. I don't know, not cell shading, but like just gave her some really weird highlights. I thought. Which, what I was trying to do was mimic the Malifaux models that I have painted in the past, but I did them a while ago now. So we're talking, that would be 2018, I think was the last Malifaux model I painted. And I'm really happy. Like she is honestly, I think my most favorite miniature that I've done for a long time. It's, it's interesting because as you said, you were trying to mimic the style that you had sort of right at the start when you were painting Malifaux stuff, however long ago that was, way too long ago. Um, I'd actually be really curious to see a photo of her and like the original Teddy, similar style, similar everything, just next to each other because I think that really does show the progression, if nothing else. Yeah. Even if you're trying to replicate the style, you can. Ju- it's just the... I don't know if the original Teddy I actually did too much in that style. So uh, I can definitely throw up a pic and like the original Teddy, I think I did. He's definitely purple. I think he's got some green on him as well, kind of like Joker colors and just sort of tried because I've never been great at dry brushing. So he was, he was a dry brush attempt, but every other Malifaux model that I did sort of after that definitely kind of had these just extreme highlights which I don't know why I did it that way it just sort of happened and it definitely makes my Malifaux models look different to my any other games that I've got so I might uh, I might chuck Killjoy in there as well so you can see a bit oh, yeah. he's definitely one of those yeah, yeah. yeah I think this is one of those ones that shows the, the progression. And also, like, you said bright pink. You actually hit a really sweet, like, pastel palette that mm. kind of really works with her as well. She, you know, she looks lovely and friendly, except for the claws and the <laughs> the evil eyes, which you nailed. Ah, look, yeah. At, like I say, she was one of the models that I've been most happy with probably all year. So very happy with her. After her, I moved on to my Gertrude model for D&D, which is a wonderfully 3D printed model um, done by Mark. And like I like the colors. 
I wasn't completely happy with how I did it, but color-wise, I think I got the colors right. What I was, what I would have loved to do is sort of like a, she's got sort of a white, like, I don't know, sort of undercoat sort of thing. Um, would have loved to give that sort of some gold detail, but it was just a little bit too hard. And with her, I was using contrast paints for a fair chunk of it. And it was just one of those models that I couldn't get the contrast to work as well as I have for, say, the Skaven that I've been doing now. So not, you know, not displeased, but not, you know, not the best I've done. That was also one of those models, though, that I remember getting a message at some stage going, oh, I've, I've, I've kind of messed a bit up and I need to fix it. How do I fix it? And I feel like every time that happens to me, like you can always see the bit that you, you feel like you've messed up. Like it doesn't matter how well I fix it. I know it's there. I know it's under there somewhere. So you're never quite happy with how the model turns out because you know, or it just reminds me of that bit that I screwed up. Um, So that's always a frustration. And look, the other thing I'd probably call out here is look at the sculpted detail on the Skaven stuff, for example, that you're doing now. Yes, true. Like she's a lot of real flowing robes. There's a lot of really smooth lines and big surfaces and stuff. And I reckon that's always harder to do especially in something like a contrast paint that is kind of designed to pick up detail. If the detail is not there, it's what's it doing? Um, No, very true. I mean, it's, she was, I designed her using the hero forge website and they do have a lot of options, but at the same time, you don't want to go too full on into the options because that will, it'll just make a mess of a model in my eyes. So I wanted to keep her nice and simple but yeah, like a, a better looking dress uh, might have suited her better, but, or yeah, maybe just not using contrast in the first place with her, but yeah, it is what it is. It. I'm happy I'll, I'll still use her. After that, we did the Claw Lord for Warcry. Already talked a bit about him. So he was to join my own golems. And so I did him in the same style, which the way that I did the Iron Golems was basically a metal sort of lead belcher undercoat and then contrast paints over the top. So what that ended up giving was sort of a shiny contrast armor, basically. And I was using, um, I think it was it was the Agrox... Agrox? Agros dunes, colour for a, a sort of gold, and then the the lighter red for for the rest of the armour, and that worked really well with golems. But for some reason, I don't know what it was. It didn't quite seem to work as well for him. Maybe it's just a different style of model. I don't know. But the end result is he's done the same way as my the rest of my crew. He looks like he fits in. He's Skaven, so I'm very happy with that. Perhaps I should have gone a little bit different on the colours to make him stand out a little bit more, make make him like maybe take advantage of the detail on that model a bit better. 
but I tried a few things and, you know, especially happy. We talked about this last time, but the, the white bone on his back, even that just does make him stand out more on the table because nobody else has that. And he's running around with a big sort of backpack full of skulls. I was going to say, like you say, you want him to stand out. The guy's got a giant rat ogre like trophy rack hanging off his back. The guy stands out, right? <laughs> he's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. I can't quite put my finger on it. But again, very happy with him, but just maybe something that I could have done better. I'm not too sure. Uh, but I have, like I said, I've used him in games, very happy with how he's going, and, and he is going to be a fairly stable part of my Warcry crew for a while, I'd say. But lastly, worked on the Snotling Pump Wagon, like we've talked about. I toyed with the idea of painting the Snotlings to put on the Pump Wagon, but... I mean, how many snotlings does the, the Blood Bowl box come with? It's like something like 20. Yeah, 20 of the bar. Oh, yeah, something like pretty close to, yeah. if not more than. Yeah. So the idea of painting three or four of them and putting them on the pump wagon and then either doing the other 17 or trying to remember what I did for them when I do the other 17 kind of scared me a little bit. Plus, I was running out of time, like I said, with kids' birthdays. So I just accepted the fact that 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 wasn't going to happen. And in place of that, I made this really cool base for it. I don't know if you're you're aware of this idea, but this this base looks really nice. What I'm hearing, though, (laughs) is that ultimately the model's unfinished. Ultimately, yeah. we'll have some snotlings on it, yes. But I didn't pledge the snotlings. Well, the pump wagon is a model, and the model comes with snotlings, like, as a part. Uh, well, yeah, some would argue, like... Some would be wrong. Well, you know, I can get some lawyers and demand a recount, but... Um... I'm leaving the country, that's it. <laughs> no, look, like I said... I'm was considering it. I'm still not even sure what color skin I'm going to do the snotlings yet. So we decided to give that a miss because I might do them like a light green as normal, or I'm considering maybe a blue. And I know I tried that with with the goblins to start off with, and I didn't get it right. But I'm kind of thinking about maybe trying again. But anyway, that was me. My four models, I was quite happy with all of them, especially with yeah. that teddy, though. So Yes. Yeah, nice. Well, Shall we take a break? Let's do that. Let's take a break. Uh, play some, some banging tunes. I can't make that promise at all. <laughs> um, and don't encourage me. Um, and we'll come back and we'll talk about all the stuff that other people did. Yes. Let it go. 
We're back. Hurrah. We are back. The music has been played. My kids are asleep. I think mine is. Oh, incidentally, best parental advice ever. If you're trying to get your kid to sleep, just leave them. <laughs> Don't do anything. We've got 10 cats here at the moment, and all five kittens were running around in my daughter's room. So I'm surprised she's actually asleep. That's impressive. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway, we not sure if anybody's aware of it, but we had a bit of a hobby competition. Oh, shit, did we have a competition? We did. We did. And we did get quite a few entries. So what I wanted to do is kind of just go through them and we'll talk about the the ones that were were finished or pretty much finished. I'll talk about them from a total noob point of view, which is generally mine, and then if you've got some more sort of technical advice or not advice but comments that you can make then i'll pass to you in that regard <laughs> let's let's not oversell <laughs> or overpromise here at all yeah. um, i am the one using a lot of contrast though <laughs> i think i think realistically though this is about like a lot of people spend a lot of time putting a hobby in and, and getting involved in things and i i'm really keen to give them all the the time that they're due really mm-hmm. for for giving us the time of day so it's yeah it, it's less about a critical analysis of anything and more about just celebrating all the stuff that people did oh absolutely i mean the whole purpose we we decided to do this in the first place was you know this this podcast is an excuse or motivation or coercion on our parts to actually get some hobby done so we just wanted to try and and promote that with with other people as well and try to uh give people you know points or you know motivation for doing some hobby and i think if that's what we're going with i think we were quite successful hobby was done yeah a lot of hobby yeah so i'm going to start by going through the posts that were made into our little judging post and i'll start off with the first one which is ben rantor and he did a full dwarf blood bowl team plus a bonus nobler and every every blood bowl team needs a bonus in a blood. Oh, of course. It should be a rule. <laughs> should be one of them running onto the pitch in every single game. But, I mean, first of all, for me, it's blood bowl, so extra points. Like, blood bowl is something that, that you and I get into almost too much and have a lot of fun with, you know, we... we no such thing. Well, but yeah, we're, I'm just counting down the days until we can, you know, get season two happening, uh, which hopefully I'm expecting it to be released before the end of the month, but we want to kick off and finish season three of our league that we've been doing. Um, finish that and then move on to season four. So itching for more Blood Bowl. So to see a Blood Bowl team, even a Dwarf one, was was real points for me. Not only that, but it's purple. 
like something about purple. It's one of my favorite colors to see on a model next to pink. I mean, it basically, it's just like a dark pink really anyway, isn't it? (laughs) It's like, yeah, the, the amount of detail on these guys and, and in particular the death roller, like just looking at that model, it's, there are some really good death roller models and there are some really bad ones. Uh, And this one that, this is, is that the Forge World model? I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, yeah. it's so pretty. And the way it's been done, the the blades on the back, the just, just love it. You know, really, really impressed. And he's got a beer. It's such a good model. And it's one of those, and like, so Ben is a, uh, a war gamer from way back. I've known him from, you know, the old Warhammer fantasy days, Malifaux. Um, he plays a lot of, I think, Kings of War at the moment and mm-hmm. some other stuff. Does a bunch of commission painting. So I've seen Ben around the traps uh, quite a lot. Um, the guy is, has always been an absolute rock solid painter. Um, and, I mean, this just levels. I'm reasonably sure this was a commission job for him too. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not even his stuff. But I think the bit that really speaks to, apart from the just you know consistency across the board, they're a team. They look like a team. Everything is you know. But the the thing that makes it different, and the thing that separates. Um, probably, you know, Ben's pieces from a lot of the other pieces kicking around there is the attention to detail. So it's the fact that, the, uh, for example, and I know it's a traditional color, but just looking at the group shot, you can pick the Slayers out without mm-hmm. a second glance. Like you can pick the positions out there. Um, and that's just that real use of the, the sort of vibrant but not over the top orange and i think that's that's it's, it's those kind of subtleties because he could have gone for a you know fluorescent orange i'm, I'm partial to fluorescent orange you may not know um <laughs> but the way that it, it's the right amount to stand out and not too much to completely overwhelm so it's the only thing you're looking at and then you go to something like the death roller um and it's it's one of those that would be very easy to paint the whole thing silver throw a lot of um you know sort of a, a black wash over and go right well the whole thing's metal um is done um so i think the thing that really separates this for me to a lot of pieces is how separate all the different pieces look like it doesn't look like it's one shade of silver he's got all that kind of stuff and there's very distinct separate sections and areas and pieces um which is just Look, mainly experience because he probably didn't even take him that long. Um, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, yeah. So pretty. So, uh, after Ben, we have Bailey Wakeling, uh, who has done his Untamed Beast Leader Heart Eater. Now, is that the name? I'm reasonably sure that's what the model's actually called. Okay. Yeah. It's- now, with this, I, th- I believe Bailey's a bit of a new painter and currently from from chats that have been going on in in the hobby homies discord has completely painted every single model that he owns so bailey get more models yep like, get more that's stuff just not on it's unacceptable not, you can't call yourself war gamer no no you need to have <laughs> three times as much gray as any other color yeah 
However, uh, this one, a couple of pieces really stood up to me too. So I really love the bone claws that he's got. Uh, and the war paint is really, really nice. Plus, uh, there's a really nice base on this model. I'm going to see a theme coming up in this, aren't I? <laughs> no, I, I promise that's not the last we'll, time I say it. <laughs> we'll only discuss it when models have base. Based. All right, yeah, I get it. Yeah, uh, but it looks, you know, the, the mud looks really good. Um, and yeah, look, yeah, solid, solid effort. And like, let's be like, as far as I know, this is one of the first models that Bailey painted. Like, hasn't really been in the hobby that long, has just dove in. And and this is probably the, the thing that I really appreciate, especially for those kind of newer painters that just try stuff, like the, the war paint. Mm-hmm. On the ribs, like the the red beast, like there are any number of people that have been painting for you know a, a length of time, um, would be like, oh no, I can't do freehand, myself included. So I just I, I just won't. And this was yeah, it's just a great big you know sort of yeah you know, pair of balls you've got to have to go. I'm just going to fucking try it and see how it turns out, and it's turned out pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think this really does speak to just that whole concept of just trying stuff, taking risks, giving things a go and seeing where you end up. Um, but I think it's, yeah, you know, probably the benefit of not being in the hobby too long and not, not feeling overwhelmed by seeing a lot of stuff is just like, I, I can try it. Um, you know, the same, same way I think, you know, when he was painting stuff and he was just kind of, oh, I've done some base coats. This is amazing. I've done a wash. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> and just the level of excitement over it. And it's it's so refreshing to hear that level of excitement. Um, and I think this really does speak to the, the Games Workshop kind of approach to painting where it is that put a base coat, put a wash, put some highlights, do some detail, and stuff looks good. And profit. Like, it's literally collect underpants, step two, profit. Um, <laughs> yeah, cannot cannot call out enough. Just A, the, you know, you look at a lot of people's first models compared to this, there's, there's win number one. And just the uh, willingness to dive in and try stuff was, was amazing. Absolutely. So after Bailey, we've got uh, David De Silva who has done some Star Wars Legion droids. Now, the, f- the first note I've got here, Jace, is some really gritty bases. And what I like about those is that it, the bases carry on to the feet of the models as well. So so the, the dust and, and I'm assuming it's sort of like a, oh, I'm going blank now, but almost like a, a Genoshan scheme Colorisque system, um, yeah, it's it's hard to remember the the actual Attack of the Clones film blotted it out from memory a bit, but that sort of grit is is not just the base; it's, it's on the feet. It's you know, and it gives all of the the models a bit of a, a more dynamic sort of pose. They're all in, all seem to be almost moving, at least the the non basic Roger Roger ones. <laughs> and that's, that's something you don't see, in my view only, you don't see enough of in that often you see a guy standing in mud and he has pristine clean shoes 
and he's standing in, in quagmire um, and just carrying up the, you know, the dust effect or whatever it is up the leg a little bit makes them actually look like they've been, they're standing where they should be standing. Mm-hmm. So it is this kind of red, dusty, dirty ass planet. Um, I'm definitely like, one for that because, I mean, I was doing this, this Skaven model tonight and got a little bit of the texture paint on his hand, which is basically on the base anyway. And, absolutely panicked and tried to get it off as much as I could. <laughs> so I I should be trying that a, a bit more. I'm really like, that's one of the first things that, that I noticed and really impressed me. Yeah. I mean, the other half of this is like, you can pick which squads are which mm-hmm. they're not, they're not, really obvious like it's not like one has a you know bright pink helmet one's got a bright blue helmet kind of deal but there's just enough difference in them to see who is who so mm-hmm. you can see them separated in a game um especially when everything's battle droid i think you know finding that balance between subtlety and you know, clear clarity on on the battlefield is, mm-hmm. is a really good thing do they come with a little clear plastic shields because they're kind of cool i'm not sure because those shields are really cool um i'm Honestly, not sure because it's not something I've looked into. My my Legion stuff is, is very much Empire-based. But, the, I mean, the shields look amazing. The um, I love the little C-3PO head on one of the droids as well. It just gave me a bit of a chuckle. Yeah. Um, and the the other thing I noticed was the couple of these guys have really nice-looking purple blades. And again, it's yeah. that purple that's at extra points from me. It's they just, oh, yeah, very pretty. Yeah. No, it, it and like there's thirty odd models here, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a fair amount of painting, even if you are batch painting, even if they are, you know, droids or something that you can bang out pretty quickly. That is a significant amount of effort for a month. Um, and just yeah, it, it's the little things. It's the fact that the the shoulder joints and the knee joints and stuff for that really contrasting color to the rest of the, the leg or the, the arm and stuff like that. So again, they're one of those models that you could just paint one color, slap a wash on and go, right, well, they were all metal. I'm all done. Um, and it's, it's people taking that to that, just that next level, the, the purple blades, as you said, the, again, just a little bit of difference on the bases with the, the added rocks and stuff to go, look, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a red dusty planet, but, it's not just red dust. Um, the guy, you know, running over the dead, yeah, the dead dude. There's literally one of those bases is just like a dude kicking someone in the nuts. It looks like it's great. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, the added speech bubble on one of them as well. The uh, die Jedi dogs, yeah, very much a chuckle. Um, and, and then and then Roger Roger directly after it, but. Uh, <laughs> After after David, we had Daniel Curtis, and Daniel seemed to paint everything. I don't like there was eighteen Why? pics that he posted of models that he has painted, and that wasn't eighteen models that he has painted. No, because some of those pictures involved multiple models. Mm-hmm. I do not. It, it, defies logic the amount of stuff that got done. I don't recognize a lot of this stuff, which is kind of cool. I'm seeing some zombie side stuff. I'm seeing some 
other thing. I think Kingdom Death in there. So I'm guessing these are mainly board game pieces. Yeah, Daniel plays a lot of board games. So we've had numerous chats about board games and, and stuff like that. Uh, he doesn't tend to war game, but he does love the board games. And, you know, in a different way to almost everybody else on the planet, the vast majority, he's, he paints every model for every board game he gets. So... That yeah, is it's, glorious. It's it's amazing, and and just some of these models, like like I, we could probably talk for quite some time about what Daniel's done. But the ones I'm going to skip to though are the Kingdom Death ones. So um, which ones are they? So right at the bottom, you've got like this Slender Man kind of deal with all these little kind of tentacle things coming out of his back, and the stripy socks, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one that I had noted down as well. He looks. So impressive. The the headless chick with the skirt with the monsters that she's pulling up her skirt and there's all kinds of tentacly beasty things under the skirt. That's the other one I had down. Like they, both of those were definitely standouts for me. Just I mean, I I love the the little guy and his like with his tentacles or whatever they, whatever it is. But the stripy socks, man, they make it for me. <laughs> I mean, the other the other call out here is I'm looking at the and I think it's another Kingdom Death one, and I, I may be a little bit partial to their models, but the lion, like, let me scroll. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. And the fact that we have to actually scroll for this is ridiculous. Um, we tried to promote a little bit of hobby for people. A little I bit. I feel like I feel like <laughs> yeah. Do we need to tell him to cool his jets a bit? He's making the rest of us look bad. Um, <laughs> But just the the line, because again, it's one of those models where there doesn't have a lot of texture on it, but it's just smooth and the shadows are all in the places that you would expect shadows and the it's just got the right amount of um, interest from the, the slightly different color on the paws, working up the legs, the the mouth, the, the bloody ass looking mouth is scary as hell. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's the sheer amount. As I said, there's a bunch of stuff from Zombie Side. There's a bunch of stuff from games I don't know. Um, there's and it's just different, different varieties. Different, yeah. you know, each one looks different to the next. There's, there's a random Punisher in there, just for something different. Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider bust. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We should move on because that's moving on. But look, if nothing else, sheer volume. That's a fair effort. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's impressive. After Daniel, we've got Joel. And Joel has done, he's done a, a full bust. And. So I've, Joel had posted, because he posted a couple of things to pledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the first one uh, was the, the conversion that he's got in there. I think he's currently primed. Yes. So that was the one that we didn't quite make it on. Um, so that was his Ogre Slaughtermaster. And it's got... It, it's got a freaking shark. He's like a flying shark. I don't even know how this like logistically works, but I impressive. Love, like, yeah. Really, really love the model. Really loved seeing that, like the green stuff pics of how he's done it. Um, you know, I, the the bus that he's done is insane, and I can't 
comment on it because it just looks great to me. But you, you will, you've done bus. I have not. Um, I'll let you um, talk about that. But the the slaughtermaster, that's one I, I'd love to see finished. When you when you're done, Joel, just send us a picture because I want to see yeah. that. Keep that coming because, I mean, that has been one of those ones that's really been fun following the journey of Mm -hmm. from, you know, concept through building and conversions and all that kind of stuff to now. I'm keen. I want to see it finished as well. Um, So there was that. There was was another one in there as well. Yes, there's a – is it a ship? I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm actually not sure of the game. I'm not sure of the – um, system, but again, this is one of those. It's primed. It's started. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's almost going a bit of a cell shading thing. There's some really heavy kind of, uh, you know, sort of black, black incline mm-hmm. style going, and that has been one of those styles that I have not been game. Like I've wanted to do, but I haven't actually been game. So I'm keen to see that one as well, just because you need to be so goddamn neat. I don't like having to be neat. Um, so, with the highlight yeah. lines on that little the the hexagon part, just yeah. like, like straight as anything. And then, yeah, he's done this bust. So, and it not not one that you see a lot of people kind of do in that it is anatomical. Like it's literally just male sort of you know. Shoulders up, kind of deal. Ball guy, nowhere to hide, mm-hmm. and that's probably the the thing that would be you know terrifying for me grabbing that. In that there isn't a whole bunch of detail and kind of show offy things that you can do to hide the the really basic mistakes. Um, this is literally just you, know, you put it all out there. Um, and I think he said that this was the first one that was um, the first bust that he has done. So, because wow. I mean the the shading on it is just it looks it looks wonderful. Like to me, having not done any bus and definitely not been game to do any bus, like the, that model would terrify me. Yeah, look, it's it terrifying just in the fact that it is so like the, there's nothing in the sculpt to show off. You're not showing off the model here. You have to show off the technique that you're doing. So all of a sudden and from memory from his post, he was saying that he was mixing colors, you know, from scratch to sort of, you know, start that as well. The So the the blending and the shading and just the, the natural kind of curves that you get. So it's not a really harsh edge highlight or something like that is crazy. Just the subtle differences in the skin tones um, and especially like onto the lips and stuff where you don't want, it's, it's a male face. Fundamentally, you don't want bright red, like hooker red lips. If you're looking for a natural effect like you, that may be a thing, but um, sort of find that balance of something that does look like lips, but isn't, just red is or pink is really challenging like giving it that natural piece um and i'm not entirely sure what the scale is but painting eyes at any scale is oh, big. it terrifies me and i'm seeing pupils i'm seeing like a reflective glow in them as well and everything so he's, he's literally gone sort of all out um and yeah if, if that is the the first attempt or you're not even but it's just one of those pieces that you go, there's, 
you literally see you could see every flaw. So the fact that we're not seeing flaws means he's done a pretty damn stellar job. Mm-hmm. Moving on from Joel, we get to Charles Redford, who has done three busts. Now, two and a half. Sorry, two, Charles. Two and a half. Yeah, it's <laughs> one's a full model, isn't it? Um, I got nothing. I literally cannot comment on this. It, this seems well beyond my capacity to talk about because they just look insane. Look, let's let's not forget that Charles is possibly the nicest guy any of us will ever meet. Um, I met I met Charles um, before he moved to New Zealand when he was um, sort of into the the local Malifaux scene in the the western suburbs of Melbourne, um, and it then went to a couple of CanCons that he was at, and he's been kind of involved. He kind of shifted from gaming to to really being involved in the painting scene from then. You can see um, it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, let's talk about the the three pieces he put on, and these are kind of ones that he said was sort of in his to do pile for a long time, and he just need the the kick up the ass to to get him done. So the first one is the little sort of uh, medieval squire mm-hmm. bust. Um, there's a couple of things that really stand out for me on this one. Firstly, is the texture, um, because the the texture in the the cloth more than anything and the the fabrics and stuff like that all of that is painted on texture like the the model comes pretty smooth there's nothing there to do it on so that's all him creating that weathering and that kind of aging effect and and making it look like an actual piece of material rather than just a you know a, a smooth little cap it gives him that little bit of a uh, you know, realistic look. The the tones in the face. So the fact that looking at the face, you've got this kind of more sort of golden skin tone, kind of traditional skin tone forehead where the, the light is hitting, but across the nose and the cheeks and everything where it sort of gets a little bit pinker. Mm-hmm. And that you know, fundamentally, you've got more blood vessels across that space. So the skin is ultimately pinker in that area and the harder life you've got, the bigger the transition. So this guy is not, you know, life has not been kind. Um, does look like he's had a couple of punches to the face or he's had a good couple of drinks. Um, and then into the sort of, you know, the bottom of the face and that jawline, you can almost see the sort of five o'clock shadow going on there. Um the, the shade just around the edge of the face, like you can tell that the light is coming from kind of the top right-hand side of the thing, just the way it's shaded and lit. And look, these busts, I will say, I'm pretty sure this is one of the mini busts from FER Miniatures, um, and they're an amazing scale to paint because they're not quite as big as a lot of others, but they still have that that step up to a bigger feel, like a bigger surface area. Um and you still get to do a lot of detail. And the other thing is like the metallics on that. It, I know it, it's not glittering at me, but it definitely looks like there are individual chains in that male sort of um, piece around mm-hmm. his chest. You can almost see the reflection of individual links in some areas um, and even in some of the darker areas. And I think that's the difference for me is that in real life there would be individual bits of metal that were shining or catching the light a little bit, even in the darker shaded areas. And it just gives it that real sense of realism. So ridiculous. Stop it. Um, 
moving right along, the next one he did was the kind of American Indian looking mm-hmm. dude. This was the full piece. This the two swords. Um, again, I've forgotten everyone's all the models' names, but a couple of key pieces from here is dark skin. He's a prick to paint. Like flat out, any painting anything that isn't just straight up Caucasian flesh and making it look decent is ridiculously hard to do. Um, and he's he's nailed that in this one. In it's this really sort of darkest tint skin tone, but it's still got the highlights. It's still got the shadow. It's still got a little bit of interest and detail in it. Um, and it doesn't just look like he's smashed chocolate on a model. Well played. Um, the detail in the shoulder um, where he's free-handed on like the leopard print mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then the the most striking piece, and this is probably the piece that makes this entire uh, model for me, is the, the war paint kind of thing that he's painted on there. And he's done like a yellow ochre style war paint from the sort of bridge of the nose down the chest. Yeah. So firstly, all free-handed, ridiculous. Secondly... Doing that and keeping the the light, like the right reflections and shadows and, and gradients with that really harsh transition from the war paint to the natural skin is ridiculous. But it would have also been really, really easy to do a bright red or a blue or a, you know, a white or something that really stood out. And I think this, the piece that shows the experience and maturity for for charles is the really the color choice here and going it's a natural color so i mean you you want to go a little bit realistic there would be some kind of yellow ochery rock that you could make a paint of mm-hmm. easy, easy done so it works there but it also doesn't it adds enough interest to the model without just drawing your eye away from that uh, away from everything else, so you're only staring at this bit of wall paint. Like it's just part of the model, but it creates that little bit of extra interest. So again, it's that balance that you, you with choice that is really impressive. And the same with the swords. I think I was nudging him to to make the sword super shiny, but again, that would have just taken mm-hmm. all the attention away from everything else. You basically want to look at the face, and that's the bit you're kind of drawn to, but not in a in an offensive way because there's something bright and shiny there. Um, and then the, look, the dis- I'll say disappointingly, but it's not disappointingly, but the piece that he was still working on and hasn't finished is the old uh, Rosie the Riveter bust. Um, and I'm reasonably sure he tried something, changed his mind, tried something else, changed his mind, and he's just kind of needs that little bit of end to finish her off. Um and the piece, like, looking at all three of them together and knowing that Rosie's not finished, but just in the way that he's painted them, you can see the different approach he's taken to painting feminine skin or a feminine face to a really masculine face in the other ones and how sort of, you know, fine and more sort of um, refined the shading is and stuff. Whereas you look at kind of the, the smaller bust of the, the medieval dude, that looks like he's had his face punched in a couple of times and how sort of dark the shading is and how sort of, you know, he's aged that face versus the the smoother lines on on this one because it's supposed to be that little bit feminine, that little bit more uh, delicate, even though she's clearly tough as fucking nails. Um, 
yeah, again, it, it's it's those little choices that just show with these pieces, even when it's not finished. That's show Carl. Yeah. I mean, not finished for him means something different than it does for me. So, <laughs> just yeah, just incredible stuff. Uh, so after Charles, we have Adam. Adam has done a Death Guard. Now I'm going to uh, Foul Blightspawn, which has been converted. Uh, for one thing, it's Death Guard. I love Death Guard. Like, there's just something about looking at Death Guard, painting Death Guard, uh, which just does it for me. I, you know, that that making that messy look without making it look. Like you've been messy painter, yeah. yeah, and and he's done that in spades. Um, Adam also did a Erotigus, which is sort of like a named mage, great unclean one, recently, and that picture ended up on the Games Workshop website. Like he he knows. Death Guard, he knows what to do, and and this one's no different. So I love love the greens, I love the purple. Yeah, again, purple, fairly easy way into my heart. But yeah, tell you what though, if anybody had done pink, would have given it to them. <laughs> um, no, you're you're 100 right. And firstly, like the extra effort of just the the conversion and keep bashing work to to get this, you know, literally a custom piece. Like mm-hmm. there is no other model here that looks will look like that. And there's no other model that anyone else has got that will look the same as this. So props there. Anyway, how much fun is Nurgle to paint, to hobby, to 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 build all that kind of stuff? Because there is no wrong. I love it, and like the the kind of tentacly. Um, is just testament to that. The fact that it's got, he's got a little mouth at the end of that. Um, glorious. Um, but it's, it is that piece, as you said, it's painting the, the dirty weathered stuff without making it look like you've just smashed a, you know, a bunch of, you know, oil and pigments or weathering effects over a model. And then it kind of looks all the same with this. There's, you know, there's definite separation between the metallics and the, like around the the collar and the the shoulder pad versus the panels of the armor, um, even just the way different metals have been textured. So you, it looks like one was steel and one was bronze and all that kind of stuff. It it goes so far to making these, and and again, it could be one of those models that would be very easy to go. He's dirty. He's plagued. I'm just going to paint the whole thing like he's rusty, mm-hmm. but taking the extra effort just goes so much further and you can start to see sort of the rust streaks from the the things on his back um the funky you know backpack full of goo i'm a massive fan of and even to the point where you've got a a base that is still brown and green right so fundamentally you've got this kind of you know sort of browny greeny kind of model and a base that's brown and green but because he's chosen the slightly lighter tufts um it just, it doesn't look like it's all one piece. It looks like literally he's, you know, walk, walking through wherever the hell he's walking through. You know, the separation between the two of them is, is really clever in that it's still the same colors, but it's enough different that you can you can tell that it's not just, you know, it doesn't all just blend together. It's a nice looking base. 
it really is just all about that base view, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, look at it. It's Death Guard. I can look at Death Guard. I can look at good Death Guard for a long time. Like Nurgle, when I first started in the hobby, Nurgle was the the sick, disgusting Chaos God. It wasn't the one that I instantly gravitated to, but as I get older, Actually, as the models keep coming out, he's fast becoming my favourite god. So much fun to paint. And I've just pulled up the side profile view and things I didn't notice before that I'm noticing now is stuff where you can see the level of the goo in his back. Yes. I didn't notice that from the front on view, but I've, I've flicked to the other one and that, and then the slightly shiny effect that you've got on that to make it look a little bit glossy. And then again, the goo coming out the end of his little goo wand. Um, you could actually make a really cool kind of Nurgle Ghostbusters kind of theme with this Ooh. kind of jet. Anyway, yeah. um, we'll leave that for later. And again, the little, little purple wormy guy that's just smiling, having a blast, hanging on to the end of that. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. It's fun. It's so much fun. Definitely. Uh, after Adam, we had Bradley. And Bradley has done nearly 700 points worth of Lord of the Rings elves. Uh, Bradley is the local Games Workshop manager, and honestly, like you can tell, like the the amount of detail in these is just insane. Like just looking at, um, I'm pretty sure that there's got to be Legolas and the the guy on the the stag. It's the detail is incredible, and. It's just, I mean, I expected good things from Bradley and he hasn't disappointed. Bases could be a bit nicer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no, (laughs) I should stop on that. Uh, But it's just, I'm not a big elf person and I'm not definitely not a big Lord of the Rings person. It's never really been my go-to of choice. But uh, the models here, they stand out. They they look different to each other, and and that piece in the middle on the, on the steed is just top notch in my eyes. Yeah, I'm reasonably sure that, and it's oh, I can't remember the name of the character now, which is you know I'll I'll give one of my nerd creds back. Um, the the elf lord from the the wood with the bloody deer. Anyway, um, that model firstly is bloody stunning. It is glory, and I think you know Brad was even saying that that was kind of the one that that tipped him over the edge and said, "Right, well, he absolutely needs to do this um, as a kicking point." But thing for me, right? So, Lord of the Rings is made by Games Workshop, but it's not the same scale as um, Age of Sigma or Forty K or anything like that. It's kind of like if they were like that heroic scale or those you know thirty mil scale. This is kind of twenty eight true scale so everything is smaller so everything is fundamentally harder to paint um and that's actually been one of the things that i kind of you know i sort of went oh i, I don't one of the, personally one of the turnoffs of the, the game because i'm like oh the models they they look harder to paint and the fact that brad has done the job that he has done at that smaller scale again is crazy and then the other half of that is it's an army. So it's a 700-point force of individual models 
that look cohesive and it's finding that that balance between you know you've got a couple of you know named characters and you've got some different armament and uh weaponry and all that kind of stuff they're not all dressed the same it's not all like you know um space Rank and marine. File. Well, it's not Space Marines where everyone's painted the same bloody colour. Um, there is a level of variation between them all and it's not as obvious as, you know, a shoulder pad here or there. Um, and to keep them looking individual, giving each model character, but pulling them all together to make a full cohesive force is is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things like, you know, the fact that, that what's his face, um, you know, Captain Underpants on the the big old stag has got just the red cloak. Yep. I think he's, like, he stands out because he's on a big old stag, but the red on that cloak that no one else seems seemingly has on that model just, again, draws you right back to him. It makes him that little bit more important. It gives you that sense of stature, um, which it, it just, you know, the more and more you can build the characters in a game like that, the, the better you are, in my view. So... Mm-hmm. And my eye keeps coming back to that guy. It's just like the detail on the armor, even on the reins. It's just, it's so impressive. Yeah, and that's that's a hobby, right? They do they do smaller models. They cram in just as much detail. It's like bloody hell. Um, no, absolutely nailed it. And like, there's still a shit ton of models there too. Mm, absolutely, like that's a that's a fair amount of hobby. So after Bradley, we move on to Jason, who has done the Corvus Cabal for Warcry. So bonus points for being Warcry because we're getting heavily into that at the moment. Um, but what I like here is is just the theme that he's gone for, like the parrot theme with different coloured feathers Um now the Corvus ones, you guys, you've looked more into these than I have. I've I've deliberately tried to resist buying more Walker. I just I've got my golems. I'm trying to keep it at that for the moment. You've looked at the Corvus ones, haven't you? I I looked at them early on as as one of the potential options, and. Look, the thing I love this take on them compared to every other version I've seen is because usually black aren't they they really go that kind of you know crow raven kind of feel and the whole the whole fluff right is that they are kind of this you know ninja secretive kind of strike strike from the shadows kind of hit and run group so they are these kind of guerrilla warfare specialists um but just yellowing and going no let's let's put fucking parrots on these guys (laughs) absolute win um you're not, you're not picking up someone else's models. You know which ones yours are, firstly. <laughs> um, secondly, like, I, I feel like the the Warcry, the eight, eight points, whatever the hell it is, where Warcry is played, is that diverse. Like, you look at all the different terrain pieces coming out here. There is every, you know, reasonable... You, you, can, you could make a case that these guys are living in a bit of jungle that's got some bright-ass parrots in it. And it's quite plausible that they, this would blend in with the surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, so firstly, props there. So the other piece I really like here is it looks like the more important guys. So there's a real sense of hierarchy here because there's some kind of little pleb guys. They've got some yellow or maybe an occasional blue feather. And the kind of the more important they get, the more bright the, the feathers get. 
Um, so you get this really sense, like this real sense of this tribal hierarchy that you through it because, you know, the most important guy gets the brightest, coolest feathers, which is really the way it should be. Absolutely. I just, yes, something about, about this, and it was really just the fact that he went something completely different with this. And it, the colourful really works. Like the, the different levels, the different amount of colours on each one. I really dig it. Really dig no, it. Cool as hell. Um, so a couple of other pieces there is, oh, look, I'll say it. The bases are actually kind of really nice. Um, <laughs> I had it written down, but I wasn't going to say it this time. Yeah. Um, it, it, just the level of texture he's got. You know, there's a definite, um, you know, they're not just flat on the surface of bases. There's a little bit of level and height and everything going on there. There's a few different textures. So there's some rock and some mud and some grass and some different tufts and stuff. And all of it just really lends a sense of realism. Like, I don't know, not even my backyard. And I'm trying to get one type of grass in that, but that has more than one type of grass. Um, so it makes it more believable. Um, it's just, yeah, an extra level of effort. And probably the other thing that's worth calling out here is the extra effort it would take to paint like colored feathers, not just because you're throwing two or three colors on a feather, but if you want to highlight them, you've got to somehow transition the overall highlights or do the, the pinions and stuff in different colors for all of them as well. So like just biting off a shit ton, I am a hundred percent supportive of, and it's coming out a treat. So all win. Yep. Absolutely. From, Jason, we move on to Jake, who has really tried to trying to say. I'm working out how to say this, but totally obliviously is sucking up to me because he's done the Iron Golems for Warcry, and that's my team, and I love them. And I'm, you know, as I said earlier, I'm having a lot of fun with them. I am having a lot of success with them. And I just love these models. This was the band that really did it for me when this game came out. The Warcry, there seemed to be, for me, for a lot of the models, there seemed to be just that one or two models in each crew that kind of took me away from from liking you know, for example, there's the, 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 I don't know, the pleasure guys who have their leader on stilts. Oh, yeah, the stilt guy with the hook I, hands. They look amazing, and that leader guy just sucks ass. Like, I just cannot get into that model. And that, you know, the golems, none of them do that. You know, every single one of them I love. He's done them in pretty much the same sort of colors that I've done as well. So, again, points for sucking up without meaning to. I I love this warband, man. I, I just can't get enough of it. And then after that, after he's done all that, he's done the Iron Golems, which is my team. He's done them in the same sort of colour system as mine. He's done an Underworlds Goblin. And I'm digging Underworlds, man. <laughs> this this goblin I'm really really impressed with too. It's like the the blood on the the wolf, it just it looks like he's just delved into a meal and just wants more. The goblin on top, the little um, purple, let's say it, 
the the head piece on his helmet. I love the detail there. I love the, the, you know, really, you can tell, you know, each little bit coming out. I'm keen. I'm very keen. Yeah, super cool. And look, the thing I like on the, like on the Iron Golems, for example, is the really unnatural skin coat Tony's gone with. Mm -hmm. So he's gone with this kind of real kind of bluey gray skin across the board. And I don't know what color it is, but they look like, and I think, you know, the whole concept is right. These guys are armorers. They've been, you know, hammering away in a forge for God knows how long, probably never seen the light of day. And it captures that. Mm -hmm. Um, He hasn't gone super bright and super shiny. It's kind of that muted kind of sooty kind of view. You can kind of, you know, sense the, the ash in the air. That the, these guys are wading through and not giving any shits as they they clobber the fuck out of whoever gets in their way. Um, he's done the same thing with the the mud up the leg in some instances, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, um, it's just and it really shows how a simple idea, well executed, just comes together, especially in a warband sense. Um, and just you have something that looks really amazing on the table. Um. Yeah, I'm yeah. digging that skin tone. I'm I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't do it that way now. And then you know you go over to the little um, the goblin wolf rider. I'm not sure which of the goblins that is, but firstly, those models are cool as fuck. Um, secondly, I think it's Ripper. Is I think it, Ripper? it is Ripper. I mean, he would. Yeah, you know, he's got a giant purple feather in his hat. Clearly, mm. it's got to be. Um, I actually really appreciate just the slightly wonky sword too. That, that's cool as hell. Um, the thing I'm loving about these models is the texture in the models though, like mm-hmm. in the plume, in the fur of the wolf, in the armor, like you you actually see, and it, it lends it really well. I'm assuming he's either, you know, used some, some contrast or some wash or something here to pick up all that that texture and it just shows you how well it it shades and provides that natural sort of highlight and shadow um but then to go the step further and yeah that wolf is wearing the dolmio grin he (laughs) has had an absolute feast on something and you know the couple other kind of you know scratches or blood drops down the down the side as well the other thing that's really got me and i love is the different color base, like it's this kind of bluey, greeny, kind of almost, you know, shade glass style base and just how much it separates the model from the base, but still creates a little bit of interest. It's, I don't know how he got there. I don't know why he got there, but color wise. Like that yeah. color just seems to pop. It just makes the whole model pop. That's it. And it's, it does. It highlights the model. And that's kind of the really cool thing about it. It's interesting enough that, it looks like he's painted the base, but it just it brings your attention to the rest of the model, and that's the coolest bit about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So those are our entries in our little judging post. I did scroll through, and I've picked out a couple others I, I want to talk about that didn't quite get finished. Um, but I do want to preface this and say that, that there were a lot of posts throughout this whole competition, which we loved. Love seeing the progress, love seeing the updates. Um, so if I have missed you, much apologies. Um, and the important thing to note here is that it's definitely Brett that missed you because I didn't make any notes. Yeah, so yes, totally on me. If it was 
all JS, then this would be very short. All very long as I use just listen to me scrolling through posts looking for stuff. One of those two things would happen. Um, hold on, hold on. Um, scrolling, um, computers froze, that sort of thing. Anyway, want to talk about a couple others. So the first one I want to talk about is uh, Tricky Dicky. So Richard has, and Richard runs through the dice. So local guy. A little bit of enthusiasm for for the hobby, would you say? He has been known to be mildly excited about occasional hobby. Um, <laughs> it is impossible to not show, go, go into that store and leave keen to do and something else. Mm-hmm. It's, like it's ridiculous. Like above all else, like just huge props to Rich for for what he gives this community. You know, he's he's so excited about hobby that he was running tournaments and he decided to open up a shop. And that shop is a place that people can go. It's not it's it's a cute ass little shop too. And people can go, they can rent out tables and they can play and have fun and chat. And that's where we've been doing Warcraft for the last couple of weeks and you know, it's so much fun. He's running Malifaux, he's running Infinity, he's supporting Age of Sigma, he's supporting 40K, he's playing other shit I don't know about. Um, like, there's, there's so much going on there, and he's so keen to support anything that's happening. Like, it's just, it's, it's motivating. It's mm-hmm. great. And he, you give him a game, and he will try and support it, like, guaranteed. Uh, but what he's done is some terrain. Now, is this, this is Infinity terrain, isn't it? I don't know that it's Infinity specific, but effectively, yes. Okay. It's for his Infinity board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not, no, and don't think it's any of the Infinity licensed stuff. So it's third party, but it's pretty. Okay. It's the moral story. <laughs> it is very pretty. I mean, I, I saw this in person on Friday night when I was there, and just like what really grabbed me was the, the color transitions and just the amount of detail in it. If you look at, I'm just trying to load up one of the pictures now, but like the little red lights, are they lights or is it just like the, they've got white and then they go out to, to yellow and orange and red and in little parts of terrain, like the, the amount of detail that he's got is just. That's the thing, right? So it's terrain. So if I was painting that, those lights would not, be white and have little highlights and all kinds of things, or there wouldn't be you know, little little glowy bits of, of blue with a light in the middle and and sort of you know hand painted streaks of coloured or highlight bits and all that kind of stuff. I reckon he's, it actually looks like he's hand painted the highlights on. It's got like Rio where walls are broken and you can see the wire Rio hanging out. Mm-hmm. He's highlighted the individual ridges on each of those. Stop it, firstly. Um, but that level of attention to detail on a terrain, like crazy. Um, you know, for me, that's a big old dry brush effort. <laughs> He's gone next level. It makes me, I don't, I don't think I'd want to play on a board with this sort of terrain because the terrain would look so much better than my models. Uh, I just love it. Like, can't say enough about Rich because what what he does for 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 us as hobbyists uh, and the community is next level. 
and he seems to have more fun than anybody else in doing that. So, yeah. It's so good. But, yeah, no, the pieces are amazing. And the fact that he's chosen, like, it's not, again, it's one of those things that you could just say it's concrete, dry brush it, grey, move on. Um, There's, like, a blue and an orange wall and stuff like that, and it's individually highlighted. And I don't know how Rich does it, and he does it in model painting as well, And but he, he... puts definitive like you can see the place he puts a highlight and it's placed there and it's intentional and it works and i don't know how or why um but in every instance he just goes oh no you put the highlight here and you draw it on like this and he does and you go yeah yeah that works i'm not even going to try and work out how or why or replicate it because it is not going to happen if i try that Mine will look like a model with a stripe on it but he has a really distinct style it's a bright it's table like it's eye-catching it's really cool like that but it's something that is you can tell the pieces that he has painted and i think that's really like it's such a unique thing in this day and age where everybody's kind of trying the same techniques with the same paints so this is another case of you can tell rich painted it and he put way more effort than i would into any piece of terrain and super impressive yep um, after Rich, I do want to talk. Uh, Michael Davis has done an orc buggy. Uh, I did see that. Yeah, and what I what I love about this is like he didn't quite finish it. He hasn't done the crew, um, but the colours on the buggy it's like a a blue and a almost a yellowy green Yellow. for the picture. Um, and I don't know whether this is the photography and, the, and what, what the colours are, but I almost hope that these are exact replicas of the colours that he's used. And it is that slightly washed out blue and yellow. And it's almost like a check effect, but it's like an orc painted them. So it's not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, super impressive. And the difference between all of the you know, internal metal pieces that you can see that, you know, the engine and whatnot that's sticking out and these plates that have clearly been decorated by an orc but still the weathering around the edges so you can see where the, the edges have run into stuff and been chipped and damaged and, and all that kind of fun. Yeah. And the wheels, the wheels got me. Like something about those wheels on the on the buggy and I can't, it's like the, the black um, line, lines in, in between the ridges of the, the tyre tracks. Oh, just, yeah, really grabs me. He's, yeah, it, it, for an unfinished piece, it is pretty impressive. Yeah, you could throw that on the table and be, be more than happy. Um, the we, Yeah, the wheels are an interesting one because there is that real, like you can see the tread, you can see the track, you can see almost the, the bit of the wheel that hits the road the most. Like it's almost worn down more than the rest of it as well. Um, and, you know, I can only imagine when that's, you know, completely finished and all all done with the the orc i think it's got an orc gunner on top and stuff as well he's gonna look schmickers so i'm hoping to see pics of that when it's done as well yep let us know mike when you when you're done post a picture because really impressed so far now i'm trying to scroll there's one more piece i wanted to talk about and i'm just getting through all these lovely pics of everything um but that was mark gladman and he has done and i'm going to totally pronounce this wrong but an ogroid thermitage thermitage 
Let's not pretend to explain how these things are pronounced. Like, it's there like, is not a correct way. Yeah. And I've always loved this model. Uh, this is, it's one of, it's, was this a Blackstone Fortress model originally? Um, no, because Blackstone Fortress is the 40k one, isn't it? It's the other one. It's, um, the, the Silver Tower? Silver Tower. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Whatever it is, like, I've always loved this model and I've seen a lot of people do some amazing stuff with it, with their, um, with the colors and the blending and, and Mark just seems to have done all that and more. So I'm still trying to scroll through and find it. But um, this is why if I was scrolling through and finding it and that was the episode, it'd be fine. Cause I'm already on this picture. Um, so fine. Yeah. Just take over. Well, yeah. While, while you scroll, here's, here's the actual answer. Um, no, there's a couple of pieces there and one is, all right. So is it, He's gone go. the kind of blue, the the, and I think I've seen a few of them in that kind of blue. But I really appreciate the subtle difference in the. He, he's got all these kind of runic symbols on him that are etched in, and he's found a really good balance between the overall skin tone enough to make it look like it's the same skin, but either shadowed or etched, or there's something. But you can kind of pick that. Um, the blending. So he's gone into like a purpley pink sort of more of flesh color to the hands and the feet mm-hmm. and everything and even it looks like up the belly um it, it's got a little bit of that in and just that that transition flat out from from the blue to that pink is super smooth um and then he's gone a step further and i don't think that i don't know if the actual model how that staff works on the actual model does it have the flamey eye things um because it's got these big old flames coming out of the the ram's head's eyes, and he's picked up the the kind of like a, a greeny yellow glow, and pick up that glow on the the staff, and then the you know the bits around him and stuff as well. Um, already at this stage, so you know the model's clearly you know, he didn't get it finished, or if he did, he didn't post pics. Just saying. Um, no, he didn't. He didn't finish right. off it. Um, what he has done, like just that, yeah. that, that green glow on the on the ram skull, yeah, whatever it is, is that's the sort of stuff that scares me. You know that. What do you call it when it's it's OSL, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I if I ever do anything like that, it's by accident and a mistake, and I try and cover it up because I'm not confident. But even like there's there's green on the skin. You can see faint green on the skin from where it's yeah. picking up the flames. Even I, onto I, the face, which is scary as hell. Like the fact that he's taking it onto the face, which is the bit you're kind of looking at, right? Mm-hmm. The, if you screw the face up, that's the bit everyone knows, and it's just it's just this really kind of subtle. It's there, but it's not taking over. It, it's that right balance. Um, he has individual teeth. Like stop it. I love it. I love this model. I love what he's doing with it. And yeah, it's, it's again, I'm really keen to see it finished. Yeah, absolutely. Just saying buddy, just, just, just whip some more paint on that sucker and throw some more picks up. 
And it's, well, that's pretty much everyone that I have to talk about. Again, if I've missed you, I do apologize. I'm trying to make sure that we got as many people to post in the judging post as possible, um, which A, makes it a little bit easier for us to go through. Um, I don't Just the shit out of them. You, you've done everything you possibly can to support this. I don't think I've missed anyone, but if I have, I, I do apologize. But thank you to everyone for, for all your efforts because, you know, what we, what we hope to get out of this has been surpassed greatly. And I think the, the thing was, right, we started this to try and encourage people to get some hobby done in the same way that we're using the podcast to encourage ourselves to get some hobby done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Look, what what this taught us was two things, is people can, A, get some hobby done, and some people can get a shit ton of hobby done, like ridiculous amounts. Mm-hmm. But also that how challenging it can be when life gets in the way sometimes. Like there's a lot of people that posted a lot of stuff and nearly made it, like nearly got all their stuff done. And it's just like, it's so hard sometimes with everything that's going on to prioritize that time for yourself and sit down and, and get it done mm-hmm. and... And also I think the other thing it really calls out is like it's hard to know how long it will take or how much effort it will take to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't tell you how long it would take me to paint a model. And I think there are very few people out there that could say, I will paint that model. It will take me this much time and actually get that number right. Um, so just just the concept of saying, guess how much you can get done in the next month and, and tell us. Um, was an interesting exercise for me. I don't know about Absolutely. I mean, you you were saying from the get-go, you know, you're all for um, bonus goals, you know, add-ons. If you get your stuff done, do more by all means. But there were people pledging, you know, their armies, you know, 700 points worth of elves, for example. Like, I did four models. Yep. And... It took me till like the, pretty much the whole month to do that. It's just finding that time and and motivation. I mean, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. I've done more than four models this week, but absolutely, you need that, that. Yeah, you need that hit right. You need yeah, that right exactly. time. It's it's. I need the planets to align and Saturn to be in retrograde, and um, yeah, it's it's all that thing and. Look, the other thing that I find super frustrating is this kind of thing and seeing the results that people have come out with, it kind of makes me want to go, what if I only painted this this month or, you know, a couple of busts this month? Or the flip side to that is, what if I painted 700 points worth of Merkwood Isles in a month? What would they look like? How would I get that done? You know, how would I even, you know, how would I tackle that if that was that was the deadline I had for whatever reason. Um, and I haven't had to have that level of discipline for myself in a very long time. Um, it would be, you know, cause it used to be get, get an army painted for a tournament kind of deal, but that hasn't really been an issue. So I don't know how I would tackle it to be honest. Mm-hmm. There is an impressive amount of hobby going on. I'm hoping that, you know, the, part of what encouraged some of this to get done was the, the the challenge that we put forward and that it was sort of a, uh, you know, something that kind of helped nudge people along when they, they weren't feeling particularly motivated, but I don't know. 
Look, hopefully we've done a little bit for you, what you've done for us. I mean, just seeing all this stuff coming through has been a real inspiration to us. And, you know, even if hopefully you are listening, if you've been pledging, but even if you're not, like, just thank you. You know, for for getting those pledges, getting those those stuff done, for joining us in this little adventure, and yeah, you know, I don't know I haven't necessarily spoken to you about this, but I don't see this being the last one we do. Now, look, I think you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'd, I'd chalk this up as a success, and I'd be keen. Look, if nothing else, to push myself um, again. I think yeah, there's some people that kind of pledged um and you know maybe didn't get a chance to get what they wanted to get done that would be keen to you know try and uh take two take two you know take another crack see what you can get done this time i think there's probably some people and you know i'm i'm in this boat as well that either go i've got a better idea of how much i can get done and how much time i i actually have to do things and i can probably be a little bit closer to the mark on estimating and there's probably other people that went you know i got that done I could do more or, you know, even if I only just got that done, I probably made some excuses for myself. I'm, I'm in that boat as well. And there were nights there where I should have been, you know, getting stuff done and I didn't. Um, and, you know, can I push it a little bit further next time? So it, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm keen to, as I said, I'm, I'm keen to go again. Um, there's probably some other stuff that we want to uh, get painted before we run something else, but it definitely won't be the last. Excellent. So, shall we talk prizes? We had prizes. We have prizes. Because we had prizes. There are definitely prizes. Um, I've decided I like them all, and so I'm going to keep them. Sure? Is that, is that deal? Okay, good. Um, okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want them. <laughs> Why do I keep buying things that I want? Um, I'm just going to have to buy two of things. Damn it! Um, we made it. We made an extra cake for you to ruin it. It's over there. Um, we <laughs> definitely do have. We definitely do have prizes. It's a thing, and we are going to give them to other people that aren't us. Disappointingly. Yes. Well, that was the whole idea. So, what have we got for? I mean, before we we talk prizes, we do want to. The, the the idea of the prizes as well is pretty much the same reason as the idea of the competition. So we're, we're trying to promote a bit of hobby. Um, so the winners that we have chosen are not necessarily the best painters because I don't believe that the best painters will probably need some of what we're giving away. There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of... Um you know, trying to find the the right people to encourage. And there's also just a fact that there was some cool stuff. Like there was a lot of cool stuff. It was actually really hard for us to go through and decide who won and stuff like that. Like we're doing this completely off the cuff based on our own personal opinions, views and, and thoughts. Um, so there is zero credibility in any of the judging. And <laughs> Very true. Frankly, we went on. Yeah, that was a shit ton of effort, and that was super cool. That deserves something. We're going with it. Yeah. Um, judge's decision is final. No negotiation will be entered. No uh, exchanges or refunds, and prizes are not exchangeable for cash or credit. Yes. Now I've said that. <laughs> what have we got for prizes? 
Well, we have um, firstly the sort of you know major prize that we put together was a hobby prize pack, and that consists of a whole bunch of stuff, but includes um, some, some clippers and a hobby knife and a wet palette and brushes, and then a whole selection of different paints um, from. And this is kind of throwing back to our different paint brand uh, episode where there's a whole bunch of paints from a whole bunch of different brands. Um, And so they're all jumbled in and just hoping again to encourage people to try some different stuff. So there's, you know, a couple of different metallics from P3 and Vallejo. There's some some of my favorite, or there's at least one of my favorite colors from Scale 75, one of the kind of funky shaded flesh tone or flesh shades. Um, There's a... Vallejo model color fluoro magenta in there. There's, it's pretty. Uh, there's like a Vallejo pigment in there, like a rust pigment in there. So a whole bunch of different stuff. That, uh, I think there's a blood for the blood god, some technical that's mm-hmm. um, going in there as well. So a whole, just a whole bunch of different paints um, that hopefully encourage some different ideas. Because sometimes that's all it takes. It's just, I really want to try this color or this different paint. And uh you get inspired for a new project. So that's kind of the idea there. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the, the first major prize. And then we've got a couple of amazing looking 3D printed models from uh, Mark at Fresh Prince 3D Terrain. So he's got himself an Etsy shop. Jump on that to uh, for all your 3D printing needs. He's got a bunch of stuff that he can do and, and custom stuff as well. So there is a Fulgrim model. Uh, it's not Fulgrim because it's not licensed IP, but it's basically a, a giant um, armoured futuristic space-faring pleasure guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Um, and there are also two um, fantasy-style sort of chaos warriors that, you know, again, I mean, these aren't sort of, you know, your regular 32 model, 32 mil models. These are kind of big, chunky, um, you know, showpieces of models. It's kind of, you know, you'd be using them as a demon prince or something. They're that kind of size if that that's the idea. But they're just some really smooth prints um, from Mark. Pre-primed, they're basically ready to go, start slapping paint on them. So the idea is, yeah, hopefully they're, something a little bit different for for some other people to paint up and super keen to see what people do with them. So hopefully uh, whoever nabs those chucks us some photos back once they're done. Yes, please. So like we said, totally, you know, want to promote the hobby. We want to try and reward. We'd love to reward everyone actually. Like I don't like every single entry was incredible for me and just just yeah this this has made my month really but for the first prize we and don't yeah last thing i'll say before we start announcing like people have been tuning in for two hours or the smart ones have been skipping ahead right to the end to find out who won but the last thing i want to say is you know Again, thank you so so much. And but this decision you know, has been multiple conversations between myself and Chase going back a couple of days trying to work out 
who who and gets these prizes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What do you? Oh, but I thought this. And what about this guy? Oh, we can't forget this model. Um, there's been a lot of that, so it's been it's been challenging. Yep, definitely. Anywho, without further ado, without further ado, what, what did we end up deciding? So the main prize, the the hobby pack, is going to David De Silva for his Star Wars Legion models. Yep, just you know, incredible amount of effort. Incredible amount of models and um, just the, just the differences between each little group. And yeah. like I said, C3PO head on the top of one of them. Good chuckle. Shit ton of hobby, shit ton of quality, some really cool different little ideas that to slow in there and just, just break it up from every other one you see. Super keen to see what else he does. Absolutely. Uh, the technical second place prize, which is the not Fulgrim model, goes to Daniel Curtis. And basically, for the sheer volume of stuff that he's done. He's painted more this month than I've done all fucking year. Um, it is stupid. <laughs> but I am really keen to see what he does with that model. Absolutely. His stuff was amazing. Yeah. Like, it's like it's so much effort. And to pump out that much at that quality over the amount of time is is ridiculous. So, yeah, it'd be super keen to see what he does. Um, I had a look at the print. I had a sneaky sort of peek when it showed up, and it's really smooth. I think there's a lot of, a lot of room for him to, to you know, stretch his, stretch his legs and, and do some cool stuff. So, pumped. Excellent. And lastly, the two Chaos Warriors. Uh, again, really keen to see what you guys do with these guys. Um, are going to Ben Rantor and Bailey Wakeling. Amazing work, guys, both of you. Um, Bailey, this means that you have no longer painted all your stuff. Yeah. Firstly, now you need to take a shot. Um, and secondly... <laughs> You've got to get some stuff painted. Um, but if, yeah, if what you've been doing on the the Untamed Beast so far is anything to go by, I'm super keen to see what, what he looks like when you're done. And Ben, you're a freak as always. Um, Purple again, blood bomb, man. I know amazing. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, totally good. Totally did it. Oh, that's right. They they totally had it. He was basing him. He got told he had to he base was. them off the actual team. But yeah. that's unimportant. They were um, purple. <laughs> Uh, honestly, you know, we, um, thank you so much to, to Mark for, for the generous donation, mate. Like we would, we are hard pressed to narrow it down to four people to give prizes to. We really, I'd, I'd love to give everybody something and it was really a hard decision, but, but with your support, mate, for those three models, really appreciate that. So like Jay said, if you have any 3D printing you want done, Mark is an amazing guy. He gets stuff done really quickly and he's focused on getting it done right too. Yeah. So the amount of times I've, I've ordered stuff from him and he's gone, okay, well, first one, Kind of looks okay. I'm not keen on this little bit that you'd never noticed. So I've done another one. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's that kind of quality control and, and that service that you get. So, yeah, definitely Fresh Prince 3D Terrain on Etsy mm-hmm. um, is where you want to head to go or otherwise he posts in the Hobby Challenge. Just go bug him on Facebook. That's an option too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we'll definitely we'll, we'll do another shout out on oh, when I post the, the shop. I'll, I'll throw a link to the store as well in there. Yeah, go from there. <clears throat> Thanks again, buddy. That is that is a hobby challenge. That's a hobby challenge done and dusted. Thank you again. I really can't thank you guys enough because the the support the the volume of entries and the volume of of hobby that got done was far surpassed anything that we thought would happen. You you may be you may be starting to understand that we're a little bit amazed by the the traction that this got, and I thought I was going to be the only one painting stuff for it. To be honest, um, the other half of of that, yeah, is just you know we'll do more, but just we're super keen to hear what hobby you're doing, what you're keen on, um, you know, what other stuff is on the table, and the other half of that is also you know we'll go back to our reg- regularly scheduled program of playing games and talking about them. So if there's other stuff you want to hear about keep us keep us posted um if there's other models you want to see us paint keep us posted let us know we'll we'll think about it um probably get distracted and come back to it in about three years um anyone who did win we will make sure that we reach out to you and send you a message and get postal address details so we can actually send you stuff Mm -hmm. probably need to, to call that out just logistically and again thanks guys yeah much appreciated. Uh, before we head off, um, just wanted to touch base on what is going on around the area. Um, the main one is probably that we want to talk about is the Hobby Homies Terrain Tournament uh, competition. They Hobby Homies, I really wanted to give them a shout-out because we're, Jason and I do this for a bit of fun. We're like, we're not great at it. We have, you know, we we have a bit of fun doing it, and that's that's all it is for us. You know, we love to see people get involved with us, um, and you know, the the amount of people listening far exceeded what I expected. But the Hobby Homies are, are an incredible podcast. They're Geelong based. They do two podcasts a week this is it and that's the bit that amazes me right it's the it's the regularity it's all that stuff like we we finish an episode and we publish it and we go fuck we need to play something else now what do you want to play i don't know what do you want to play where do you want to record i don't know um and that that's kind of the process that we go through whereas these guys have a regular recording schedule they've got a regular publishing schedule they've got you know monthly live episodes with a bunch of people in the discord they've got the discord that keeps running they've got prizes running every month like it is a well-oiled machine that far exceeds any effort i would be willing to expend absolutely they their little competition that they've had running for a couple of months is to paint up some terrain um similar sort of caveat to us is you know just post a picture of it not painted and then post pictures of it getting painted. Uh, Jace talked briefly way back when, 17 hours ago when we first started recording today, about the 3D printing he'd been doing. Uh, was all of that for me or was just most yeah, of it for yeah, me? No, that, was, that was pretty much all it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's printed off a whole heap of um, amazing Star Wars 
terrain that I will hopefully get done because, you know, it's it's definitely a worthwhile competition. It's worth supporting those guys. They did so much effort for our little painting competition that just want to return the favour. Um, but added on to that, like their, their competition finishes end of November. So jump in there, Discord, jump in there, um, Facebook group or, you know, barring all of that, just jump on and listen to a couple of episodes because you'll be very impressed with them and you'll stop listening to us because of it. So it's, it's definitely worth your while. It's a win for everyone except us, but um, it's a win for you. So, yes. so recommend it. Um, so, yeah, that is that is definitely coming. I probably should start my entry for that competition. But anyway, mm-hmm. I had to finish this one before I could do that one. There was a whole well, that's it, yeah. That's, that was my theory too. Now I've got, what, three weeks to do this. So we'll see what we can plenty, get. Plenty of time. Um, other stuff that is happening. The Sprue Challenge at Throw the Dice is still running, I believe. So that was the Make Something Out of Sprue. Enter it in their competition. Profit. Um, and then the last one that I can think of is the local Warhammer so Games Workshop store is running a flat out, I think it's called the Golden Skull painting competition. It closes on December 24th. Um, and that is the caveat is it's a, a Games Workshop store, guys. It has to be Games Workshop IP model or yeah. scratch you know, scratch build. But beyond that, it is just a flat out painting competition. I think there's an open and a sort of a young bloods or a new character, a new painter category. But otherwise, it's paint what you want, put it in profit again mm-hmm. um i'm still deciding what i'm going to do for that one because i'll have time between finishing my terrain for the hobby homies one and uh december they've also got warhammer has got a uh, so gw stores are now starting to give away free models every month and this model this month was the first, and it was a witch elf. So they're running a painting competition for that as well. So all you needed to do was was grab a copy of the free model. Um, if you haven't got it already, I believe they're completely out. So if you were lucky enough to grab one, jump, you know, paint it up, post pitch pictures, and into that one as well. It, it, it turns out they're giving, giving away free models to encourage you to paint them and display them in store, not just have in a grey sitting in a cupboard somewhere. So if you got one, paint the fucking thing up and put paint it in it. the store. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's about all I can think of. That is plenty. I think we've talked enough for a night. I think we have. Thank you for anyone that's listened to this. Um, so that's... Cheers again to everyone who has <laughs> Congrats to those people that we uh, gave stuff to and we will catch you next episode where we'll actually play something. That's it. And, um, you know, if you've suffered through this long enough, by all means, leave us notes on Facebook. Give us, you know, if you're happy with us, follow us on Podbeam, you know Spotify, it. iTunes, wherever we are. You know where we are, Jace. I don't. All those places. Um Look, if you found this podcast, it's there. Follow cool. us there. Yeah. Leave notes there. We'll probably get them. We might That's even it. reply. <laughs> That's it. We're done. We're out. Thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. It's It was really touching. 
Maybe maybe even lower. Maybe the sub cockle area. Anyway, catch. Bye. Bye.